everyone. This is Greg Lineweber, and this is the Multiversal News. The best news throughout the entire multiverse from every universe that ever could be possibly conceived. We have the news for it. Now, today, we are going to be uh, talking to uh, Margaret Bartley, the head of the uh, Metaphysical Library. Uh, I, I, don't, I guess maybe you're not the head. What is your... Uh, I'm one of the volunteers. I'm, uh, I call myself the director, but ah. we, we have a very flat management structure. Ah, okay. The Seattle Metaphysical Library. Okay. And we All used right. to be known as the As You Like It Library. Ah, ah. well, uh, I like it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> the Metaphysical Library is a, a library I've gone to many times in my youth to, to check out interesting books like uh, Jesus Went to India, uh, which mm -hmm. I thought was a really great book. Yeah. Uh, now, today we have a list of, of uh, books that are, are uh, geared toward conspiracy theories. Right. And, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, a conspiracy theory is only a theory if it can't be proved yet. So it's quite possible that some of these theories could be actual fact, but uh, have been obscured by certain parties within or without our government, which uh, might uh, be actually true. Now, I don't know. I wasn't there when it happened, so uh, whatever it was that was happening. Uh, Margaret, why don't we go ahead and talk about the very first book that you have on the list. Well, before I get started on talking about the books, I'd like to generally talk about the subject in general. Oh, yes, and, please. Um, because a lot of people are now awakening to the fact that what we've been told in the media is a pack of lies. And they are. there's a lot of talk now in the general awareness, especially now with the Internet, on conspiracies and Illuminati and things like that, and it's very easy to get um, lost, and especially for people who are just getting started. And so what I kind of want to do here is talk a little bit about how to get started in um, looking at this literature, because um, conspiracy theory, there actually is the, a concept of conspiracy theory, and in order to get comfortable looking at it, it's, I think, personally, it's a good idea to start with, as you said, the conspiracy facts. There have been, for many years, um, really it started in the 70s, exposés written by people who were engaged in actually doing the dirty tricks and realized that what they were doing is not what they thought they should be doing. And in those days, people really didn't understand as much as they do now about what the secret government is doing. And people had much more um, a, a reliance on authority than they do now. So the first books I always recommend people getting started are the first-hand books written by people who have their own story to tell. And the reason that it's good to start with those books is because, for one thing, um, it's, it has more of a voice of authenticity. And that's one of the main things when people start getting into this whole world of conspiracies and Illuminati and secret societies there's a lot of disinformation, misinformation, and to have that gut sense uh, orientation of the authentic voice is very, very helpful. So um, a number of books were written back um, in the early 70s, and I think really JFK, the JFK assassination was really the opening um, volley in this whole field to expose what's been going on. And um, so the first books that I put on the list to look at are the good old-fashioned JFK assassination books because th I'm surprised there still are people to this day who think that that JFK was killed by Oswald as the lone gunman who was then assassinated by Ruby 
who um, just was expressing his personal outrage. Yeah. So the first book I'm going to mention is Rush to Judgment and then Crossfire by Jim Mars. Crossfire was the book that Oliver Stone based a lot of his JFK movie on. And then um, there is just a wealth of books. There are hundreds and hundreds of books. And uh, the two that have just recently come out that I think are fairly current and again have that first person voice is Dr. Mary's Monkey. And again, that's something that should be um, up to Crossfire and Dr. Mary's Monkey, the first two books on the list that we want to show. And Dr. Mary's Monkey is a fairly recent book that just came out by a man who lived in New Orleans and he's able to tie in the CIA and Oswald and the early research on actually causing cancer, not curing cancer, and the secret research that was going on. Then from, um, did you want to ask any questions? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, you're doing a great job with the interview because I don't have to ask any questions. <laughs> well, I came with a list, and so the list is kind of already um, predetermined. predetermined. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and, that, and that's good. Um, one thing about uh, that's good to know, uh, you're, you're starting off with books with people that uh, have an eyewitness account. Yes, and in their own first person. And, yeah. and, and, and folks, an eyewitness account is admissible in a jury trial and a very important part of, of evidence. So uh, right. we should uh, at least listen to the song. To right. Some I think, yeah, I think that's a good place to start because it's not quite so confusing. So it's usually a little bit easier to read. There's not so many names, acronyms, places, because when you first get started in reading this, this is new information for most people, and it gets quickly overwhelming for most people. So that's why I like to start with these first-person accounts. There are specific issues. Now, another good issue to, s to research and start looking at is the whole Oklahoma City, Ruby Ridge, and Waco. And yeah. in Waco, the Davidian Massacre is a book that I've added to this list that people can start reading. Um, I didn't s add any specific books on Oklahoma City and Ruby Ridge, but again, those are books that, again, if you look at real specific instances, it's easy. In Flight 800, the Downing of Flight 800 is another book that, again, it's the, the point of these looking at these is to understand on a real specific level that our government lies to us, that, th that, that our government lies to us. Most yeah. people are kind of still hesitant to say that out loud. And then, of course, the most... Well, it's, it's obvious. The government has lied to us for many times. Uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking of a time when um, it came to light that... Uh, they were doing a uh, radiation testing on people of, who were retarded. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people involved in this uh, conspiracy, and they kept it quiet. And uh, they, we didn't find out until about 30 years later when people just started confessing about it and saying, oh, look, we did it. And to all those people who say that Washington can't keep secrets, that is a bunch of BS. I mean, this is pr proof positive that, yes, well, they can. People well, they can, can keep, keep secrets. secrets. But the other thing is I, I only have 40 books. There are hundreds of books. And if you even read, start reading any of these books, you will soon discover that it's not secret, but if the media doesn't talk about it, most people don't know about it. Yeah. You will be shocked at the material that's in these books, and you're going, my God, this should be on front page news. Yeah. Yes, it should be, but it isn't. And it's been out for, most of these books have been out now for 20, 30 years. Um, the 9-11 conspiracy is kind of the one, the 9-11 event is kind of the one that kind of blew it off. The JFK assassination kind of started it. 9-11 is what made it go through the roof, really took it public, yeah. and um, it just kind of blew the lid off the whole thing. 9-11 just has so many, many glaring inconsistencies that it, it, it makes it pretty hard to uh, look at it and go, wait a second, <laughs> what the, the heck is going on? 
I, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this interview, especially by conspiracy theories, is I, I saw this really awful, um, supposedly a debunking show on the History Channel that uh, was uh, made by a bunch of so-called experts at the uh, popular mechanics oh. that were trying to... Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. That's embarrassing. Oh, uh, yeah, that I know it was. It was, it was pretty laughable. There were yeah. moments there when I was looking at it and just thinking, oh, God, this is just really pathetic. I mean, it's a bad attempt. The best thing they could say was, well, all us experts disagree that that could possibly be true. I mean, they can't explain away the thermite, so they just said, there's no evidence whatsoever that the bombs went off here. Anyway, pl please continue. Uh, well, I do have, actually, I have two 9-11 um, books to show on the screen. One is yeah. In Plain Sight, which yeah. is really the first one that um, started talking about it, and Crossing the Rubicon is Mike Rupert's book, and that was, uh, again, one of the first books that actually, oh, there's one. Uh, that's the one, yeah. Okay. Um, and the Mike Rupert's book, Crossing the Rub uh, Rubicon, was... Mike Rupert used to be an LAPD officer, and he... Um, he's just looking at evidence and following the trail. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, uh, another first-hand... Ex so those are... Those are... Um, well, the last 9-11 stuff wasn't first-hand evidence, and Flight 11 wasn't first-hand evidence. We were looking more about... more Going into specific inc incidents. And um, you can go from the specific incidents to start, when you start understanding, when you look at the specific incidences and you see where the government and the media are complicit in not only doing dirty deeds, but then hiding it and lying about it, then it becomes a little bit easier to understand when people start generalizing and saying, you know, it's not just a few rogue elephants, it's actually the system. And um, one author that has talked about that is John Perkins. He wrote. Uh, the Confessions of an Economic Hitman and Secret History of the American Empire. Yeah. Secret History of the American Empire should come up on the monitor in a second, maybe. Yeah. Oh. And um, there we go. Okay. <laughs> and then um, Subverting America by Rodney Sitch is another man who took the specific incidences. Rodney Sitch is a FAA inspector who who wouldn't shut up about seeing problems with airplane safety. Although he kept getting, they kept trying to suppress him, he kept pushing back until eventually he ended up in jail and he wouldn't shut up. And so then when he went in jail, people who, other people who were in jail who had insider information, because one of the ways that people who have insider information keep themselves from getting killed is they um, make it so that they are not a credible witness anymore. They often will plead guilty and become a felon and do easy time so that they can, that's their way of saying, hey, look, yeah, I know this, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't have any credibility. And so I'm, when I'm Rodney. I'm just a crazy criminal. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. Well, yeah, and so basically, like Michael Conosciuto is a good example of somebody who um, knows a lot of information, gets put in jail so that they are now a convicted felon, yeah. and their word isn't worth anything, so people won't use them as sources. So Rodney Stitch went to jail, not voluntarily, because he just wouldn't shut up. He kept talking and talking. While he was in jail, people would hand him information that they couldn't go public with. He did. So he's written a number of books. So Rodney Sitch, along with um, Michael Rupert, are two people who, and John Perkins, are two people who are kind of taking their own firsthand experience and generalizing. And this is now where we start talking conspiracy theory. And that's yeah. why I say it's good to start with specifics. But then yeah. you soon begin to realize that there's a general pattern, and there are people 
who have taken these general patterns and gone on to um, more of an overview about the fact that we actually run the run by criminal enterprise. Yeah, that that's <laughs> no shock here. Yeah. So um, Rodney Sitch is is one of them, and then you can also go even even to a bigger area, get into a bigger view, and Carol Quigley is not um, a, a conspiracy theorist. He's more. Uh, he was an insider. He actually was part of these ruling elite, and his book *Tragedy and Hope*, which was written in the '60s, and talks about the early part of the 20th century, and how this how this all fits together. This idea of a global government, the whole idea of the takedown of the United States, the destruction of American sovereignty, destruction of the middle class—it's all part of a larger worldwide effort of global dominion. Yeah. And so his book *Tragedy and Hope*, which is very difficult to get now, um, was pretty much. The um, there's there's tragedy and hope. It's pretty much the um, first place to get started, and then defrauding America is another book similar to that. Um, and defrauding America talks about the destruction of our judicial system and how corrupt the judicial system is. <sighs> yeah, I kind of noticed that one too, especially yeah. with the campaign <laughs> finance reform, Citizens United decisions. Just a plain awful. Yeah. Uh, there's no star yeah. dices about it. It was just a, a complete uh, takeout of hundreds of years of legislation, just eviscerated in a, in a single stroke. Well, yeah, and, and, and but Rodney Sitch is also talking about just um, judges being the pockets of, of, of organized crime. Yeah. And where that money is going and the money that we pay into fines doesn't go into the general coffers. It goes into their own um, their own purposes for their own uses. Wow, they can do that. Yeah, they do do that. <laughs> they do do that. Ooh, and boy. all of the d all of the money that the the takings that the drug agencies do, it doesn't go into the general coffers. It goes back into their own purposes. So yeah. it's it's it, it's more on that level of not so much that the the judges are ruling against us because they're politically opposed to us. It's that they're actually the whole system is loaded they're against us. They're making money off of it. Yeah. I guess with a sense of paybacks. Yeah, I've heard of uh, some Republican appointees or, or nominations for the court, uh, like during the Bush administration, like uh, the lady from Texas. Uh, she refused to recuse herself from a corporation that had paid money into her own campaign. <laughs> and yeah. she said, no, 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 I won't judge my bias at all and so she went ahead and ruled in favor of the court and yeah. then the republicans said hey, oh yeah she's great material for the supreme court yeah. i guess in their own mind that was probably true but i happen to think that that's awful that well, you and, would not recuse yourself well and the other thing is a judge that goes against the court ends up being attacked by the irs and i think i can't remember his name but i remember back in the 80s a judge in las vegas that ruled against the government and they went after him and took him off the court, and he's oh, in jail. Yeah. So oh, did it, you hear about what happened in, the, in uh, Iowa? I think it was Iowa. The three judges that voted to uh, give gays the right to marriage all got uh, defeated yes. in the most recent election right. because right. tons of out-of-state money came in and, and, and attack ads to destroy their political career. Well, oh, you know, I can't think of anything more sickening. I, it's, it's surprising that the Show Me State would uh, uh, would not want somebody to show them where the money was coming from. But I, you know, I guess like a lot of citizens around the country, they're just 
trying to uh, cope with the times and uh, are making mistakes in the process, like a lot of voters have been making lately. I mean, no offense, voters, but come on. All right. Well, what uh, what else? Uh, what well, else I, do we well, have after um, yeah, kind of going from the specific to the more um, broad, but also when you start getting so the part we've talked about so far is pretty much fact based. Yeah. And um, there's there's start getting into the CIA, and it's kind of interesting because the CIA is one of the favorite um, people that. Um, as, as, as literature is written, there's lots and lots of books written, and I highly recommend people read these books. Although, at, at this point, um, The Big White Lie is a book that was written, it's, it was written by a former DEA agent, uh -huh. and he was uh, undercover. He said at the beginning of the book that I can't name names because not everybody's been indicted and I'll get sued. Yeah. But, so he, but he was pretty clever in his pseudonyms, like um, the guy running drugs for the CIA out of Bush's office was Oliver South. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so, and he was basically was talking about how the CIA was um, complicit. Another Oliver. <laughs> yeah, was, um, is complicit in managing the drugs. And that's kind of the, un that's kind of one of the major themes in yeah. exposés is the connection between CIA and drugs. You know, the last time I heard some official was uh, asked this question about whether or not the CIA uh, was uh, controlling the drug flow in and out of America, and he said that, well, now I think you may misunderstand. Of course, occasionally we have to sell drugs because, you know, sometimes we need to get information from foreign warlords and stuff, and they just won't take our American money. So we have to give them drugs and stuff in order to get them to, to give us that information we need. So that is why we deal drugs, but only then, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, So in other words, he tried to work it off as a, uh, oh, well, that's just how we do business. It's in the real world, we have to do this sort of thing. But I don't think he went quite as, wasn't quite as honest enough about how far that goes. Well, The Big White Lie is one. Barry and the Boys is another one. That was written by Barry. That was written um, by Daniel Hopsicker. And that, again, talks about um, CIA running drugs. If you, I don't know if you noticed, but when the French got kicked out of Southeast Asia and the heroin's coming in through the through New York, through Marseille. And um, when France got kicked out of Southeast Asia, the heroin fields of Southeast Asia are now up for grabs between the United States crime lords and the Chinese crime lords. And heroin started coming into the United States from Southeast Asia. Then when the CIA got kicked out of Southeast Asia, all of a sudden we're bringing in cocaine from South America because the drugs have always been um, a source of income for the ruling elite in this country. In, and in addition to drugs also, of course, remember rum and slaves back a long time ago. But drug, drugs are a mainstay along with gold and oil of the ruling elite on this planet. And some other books, another book, Dark Alliance is actually, Gary Webb is a reporter from the San Jose Mercury News and he actually was fired from his newspaper for um, publishing that book. And there's, um, I don't know if I see it in here somewhere, but there's another book Dark about Alliance. what happened to him. There He's now dead. Too. A lot of these people who write these books um, end, end up, up dead. end up dead. Yeah. So there's um. So no uh, dark alliance too. There is no dark alliance too. And when you start talking about drugs and the ruling elite, um, there's quite a number of different books written about that. Fortunate Son, um, by Hatfield. Un Hatfield is also dead now. Is uh, talks a lot about just the Bush family in general uh, and all of the. Quick question: How did uh, he? 
die. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, okay. I don't remember. All right, well, never mind. It's, it's and Compromise is another book um, talking about the uh, connection between the Bush family and drugs. And that also talks into Clinton drugs. because Mena, Arkansas was a major ship transshipment point for drugs flying in. And Terry, um, Terry Barry, Barry Seal was one of the main people who he Barry Seal was yeah. in gun down in the streets he wow. just before he was supposed to testify. But he was one that kind of was taught shooting his mouth off about dealing with that. Well, I heard a lot of drugs tend to come through military bases, that they tend to be safer for drug well, transfer. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's I, I really don't know. I haven't been keeping that much up on it. I know back during the 70s they w it was coming in, but during the whole point of during the 80s and 90s, they were setting up a whole supply route through the southern hemisphere of running drugs in. And, and uh, you know, it's I, I don't know. You know, how I, I would imagine that military bases are a major one, but I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm looking to see. There's a couple of other books. I'm not sure if it's on here. Yeah, there are. So I, I'll talk about those later. Okay. Um, no rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, the conspiracy is still going to be there. It's still going <laughs> to be there. Gonna... Well, I just I, I want to that's I want to uh, kind of follow up, but I also want to stick to the order so that that's true. Um, he can pull them up on time. Of course, now the conspiracy is going to be there, but our our show only goes an hour long. <laughs> so, uh, oh well, yeah. Let's let's uh, keep at it then. What else we got here? Well, um, I want to I want to keep on the um, the area of moving a little bit away from first-hand experiences but still working directly with researchers and a recent new book that just came out is called The Terrible Mistake and this is um, by Al Borelli and he spent 10 years interviewing people around um, the death of Frank Olson who was a CIA mind control expert and biochemist trying to work with oh. and he he was um, pushed out a hotel room window in the 50s and this, that book is kind of, see, we're getting into a little bit more complicated books at this stage uh, now I because see. those okay. first books were fairly straightforward reads, but, and I'm kind of putting them in order of complexity because a big part of what's going on in this field is a lot of disinformation and misinformation. And that book, A Terrible Mistake, is an interesting book for people who are experienced with it because he kind of goes through the same story multiple times with different people's versions of it. And you can see how different people in different parts, you know, the family members, the police, um, the CIA officials, the um, intelligence, other intelligence officials, the oversight, congressional oversight people, how all of them responded to the same story. And so it was kind of an interesting view into the bureaucracy, but it's also, very frustrating yeah. for somebody who just wants to know what happened. Yeah, no, well, he's getting personal views that are warped by their own uh, uh, viewpoint and personality. And, and uh, also what their—I mean, what their cover-up. I mean, it's really and desire easy. to cover their own ass. I was yeah, gonna say right. it's—it's it's <laughs> one of the things. The one of the things I got out of it was that whenever there's a congressional investigation or when, uh, like, I don't know if you remember when Rockefeller investigated the CIA back in the in the 70s, the Rockefeller Commission. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the purpose Barely. of those, the yeah. yeah, the purpose of those, and the same thing with, and this Frank Olson one with showed church, it. church, right? I think so. I Frank think church. The, well, I think the church committee and the Rockefeller investigation were two different things. Oh, okay. Never, never mind. Yeah, but because um, the church committee, I think, was about drugs, and, um, the, and the Rockefeller was about assassinations, I believe. Yeah. But um, it's what, what it showed up in, in this uh, a fatal mistake, uh, was that these investigations are to make sure there's no um, 
exposed endings showing anywhere. It's to make sure that everything's been taken under cover. Oh make sure yeah. there's no loose ends anywhere. And oh. the purpose of these is to make sure that the cover story is intact and that oh. there's no holes in the cover story. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of seems like every investigation is kind of Yeah, that that's it's, it's, it's not really to find out what happened. It's to find out who knows what and have they been silenced. Yeah. And, uh, and has all the evidence been found and hidden. And, of course, present a prosaic view for the yeah. people. To oh, there's nothing yeah. here. Nothing behind the curtain. 9-11, um, what a great tragedy it was. I remember the 9-11 investigation. Was, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It was and it was, it, was, it was awful. It was worse than the Warren Commission. Yeah, it was a real circus. It that's was worse than the Warren Commission. Yeah, as I, yeah I, that's not covered here, is it? Oh, the, no. Okay, well, well okay. Well, then, let, which, which uh, investigations did they talk about in this book? Uh, well, the, the terrible mistake was just about Frank Olson, because Frank Olson was involved in the early days of CIA mind control work, and he was given LSD and and then um, pushed out a hotel window. But um, oh, he, this is bummer. also, <laughs> this was in the early days when the CIA was first working with um, LSD and trying to find a truth serum and a way to, and they were working with, uh, it, was M it was the MK Ultra project of mind control. And that's something that we really very rarely talk about. And yeah. that's a big part of this whole hidden government, the whole secret government is, um, is, is mind control. And all now, if they had all a the work workable good that. mind control, they could put that in our water supply. And uh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they actually, you know, in this in that book that we're talking about right now, a terrible mistake. That's actually one of the stories. That's one of the pieces of information he brought out was that I don't know if you remember the day of Saint Vitus, Saint Anthony's fire in France. There's a small French village that the whole town went crazy, and they said it was rye ergot, but it wasn't. It was. Very, it was very close to Sandoz Laboratories, and that was a public CIA experiment Ooh. to see what happens when you put LSD in the water supply. Oh, or, man. Yeah, it was. Well, the people who didn't go crazy were the habitual users that were <laughs> and learned how to handle it, you know. Yeah. But never mind. Uh, okay. Let's go on. So um, this whole... Con that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. the whole... Um, Fletcher Prouty, uh, the secret team, is... Uh, Fletcher Prouty was... Li liaison between the military and the civilian and uh, the National Security Agency during the Vietnam War. And he wrote a book um, called The Secret Team, and he talks about how when, um, how intelligence agencies infiltrate the mainstream, the main part of the government. You know, it could be the Forest Service, the Department of Agriculture, the trade offices, and put their own people in, and there's kind of like an internal line of authority outside of the chain of command that people are actually ah, the secret reporting. Government. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, and and that's an interesting book. That that again, that's a and inside the company is another book by James Adji, who was a former CIA agent. Why would they need agents in the forest agency? Well, actually, the Forest Service is where. Um, Oh, Terry Reed was flying, got a lot of his planes. Oh, okay. No, uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, the Forest Service is actually, um, I'm waiting for somebody to do an expose on the Forest Service. Yeah, uh, yeah that should have been obvious to me. I'm sorry, I'm a little slow with this stuff. I'm <laughs> Inside the Company by James Adji. James Adji was uh, the, one of the first CIA agents to go r public, and he actually wrote a book talking about how they just make stuff up wholesale and the media just how they how they how basically how they lead the media around by the nose and he actually named names and he started a magazine called covert action information bulletin which exposed a lot of the specifics of what the cia was doing 
Yeah. Well, then, well, I think just about everybody knows the media is a huge, ridiculous. Everybody circus, doesn't know. Unfactual. Everybody does. In fact, a lot of people when I talk to them about 9/11, they go, "Well, if that was true, it'd be all over the front page of the newspaper." <laughs> and they're serious. You know, they they think they. There's a lot of I people know. who listen to Air America and KUOW and consider themselves well informed. Yeah. You know, seriously. Yeah. And Operation Mind Control. Um, again, it's a, these are um, the secret team inside the company, Operation Mind Control. Are um, we're getting more into the scary part of it? I mean, running drugs. You know, I mean, yeah, they're criminals. But when we start talking about um, secret governments and mind control, and um, then then that's when people start wanting to not start getting really uncomfortable because they don't even want to admit that this exists. Yeah, that's when yeah, it's when it does get scary. Yeah, and. Uh. Cultural Cold War is another one which I put in this group because, again, it's an area that most people don't know about. The CIA was actually, and by CIA, it's sometimes it's a, it's kind of a shorthand for intelligence agencies because there's over 30 different intelligence agencies, and sometimes the CIA yeah. is the whipping boy for military intelligence. There's every branch of the military yeah, has the their own military intelligence. military intelligence is the biggest and most well-funded yeah. intelligence service we have here in the United yeah. States, and that it gets rarely talked about. Right, yeah. So I think a lot of times people use the CIA um, to not talk about who's really doing it. So that when they talk about the cultural Cold War, they're talking about the CIA working with the Rockefeller family using the Museum of Modern Art as a CIA front to um, run operations and uh, out into Eastern Europe. Yeah. And they would use people like Jackson Pollock as, a, as an asset. Yeah, that's really weird. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it myself, but I guess that sort of explains... Why he got popular. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of... I, that's exactly what I thought. I said, no wonder they... <laughs> throwing paint at a wall. And said, calling well, it art. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. Well, my 12-year-old daughter can paint it that Yeah, but good. she can't do what she's told. Yeah, you know? That's right. She can't yeah. be a front wall. Or can she? Right, hmm. yeah. Um, well. Fletcher Prouty was another one of these people who was an insider who had a big picture and was trying to alert the public to what was going on. His book, JFK, CIA, Vietnam, and the Plot to Assassinate, is, um, that should be coming up here shortly, is yeah. another um, book that I highly recommend. And um, CIA and the Cult of Intelligence by Victor Marchetti. These, again, are all books that came out, well, the cult Cultural Cold War came out just a few years ago, but JFK, CIA, Vietnam, Fletcher Prouty's book, and Victor Marchetti's book, again, these came out in the 70s trying to alert people to what's going on yeah and we've never most people have never heard of it most people have no idea so i mean that's part of what i'm doing here is and these this is only yeah, a drop in the bucket like there are there yeah. are a lot lot more books that we could have done it's, and when he calls it a cult i mean is it really kind of like a religious cult uh or is it just kind of like a business working man sort of cult you know where they um he doesn't talk about it being a religious cult. Yeah. But um, it's they have more those of Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. The and that's, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's hard to know how much of that is just a cover story. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very hard to know. Well, I've, I've heard of the family, and yeah. Hillary Clinton is right. a member of yeah. that extremist religious cult like family. Well, maybe not a member, but she's had a lot of dealings with them. And apparently. Anyone who is a power broker in Washington has had to, you know, 
give fealty to the to the family, whatever right. the family might be. Well, uh, they're they're fundamentalist Christians. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, no, they're not. They're, they pretend to be. I mean, a real fundamentalist wouldn't be <laughs> doing what they're doing. But never mind. I'm not going to split religious hairs right at, at the well, moment. Well, the thing is that there is a lot of different, um, a lot of different. Uh, religious organizations and it's hard to know at what point people are being serious about it and what point they're just um, going around to different they're groups just doing a they're putting on a show yeah, yeah yeah it's always it's it's really hard to say and that's part of why as we're starting to get into these more esoteric books the yeah. reader also needs to be aware that chances are good the writers have an agenda yeah and one of the nice things about starting off with the reason I say start off with first-hand accounts and really simple straightforward things like the Oklahoma City yeah. is because they um, just talk about the facts give me the yeah, facts ma'am give me the fa because yeah. you 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 need to be aware as you start looking at more of these exposés that a lot of times the purpose of these exposés is to get rid of one faction in the agency yeah. oh. and so you've got one faction fighting another faction and so you'll expose your enemies and won't mention yourself. Well, that's what and the founding fathers wanted, wasn't it? <laughs> well, not secret. Well, I'm not saying don't pay attention to it. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just saying that be aware that none of these books has the whole truth, and some yeah. of them, and it's hard to know which ones are being deliberately lying and dece deceitful, and which that's ones. That's why you should read all of them. Well, then read you won't have time to have fun. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> you know? true. We've so got lots and lots of uh, books that cover this type of material. There's a lot of stuff. One of my favorite books is called Spooks by Jim Hogan, or Hogan, and that okay. again was written in the 70s. And that you were starting to get now filled with um, names and places and people and acronyms, and you know he just starts throwing names out like crazy. And it, again, it was in the 70s, and I think part of the reason that I enjoyed that book is because he acts outraged. Most of these people are just they're. It's hard to find outrage anymore. Yes, well. I find myself getting harder and harder to be outraged anymore. It's like after I've seen so much, it's just, it's, it's tiresome. It gets tiresome to be angry anymore at the system. I mean, I am. I mean, believe me, I am. I really, I am. But it, it's hard to, uh, to keep it up. It's, it's, it is tiresome because it never ends. It's like a gigantic, huge wall of uh, sludge that continues, and that's the polite word for it, that comes out of uh, Washington, D.C. and elsewhere. Just well, and, and that's where the real interesting conspiracies come in is because I, I'm, I've, I've got a few more here I want to get into. Um, uh, the Monarch is, is part of the um, mind control program, and... Um, we, I, I mentioned your politics of heroin and in Southeast Asia by Alfred McCoy, and then um, the two books by Anthony Sutton, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, because at this point now, when we start getting more complex, looking for historical um, th themes of insider fighting, one oh, side I against see. the other side, yeah. and who's really... Um, in charge and what's their real agenda and different this is where to me it gets really interesting is trying to figure out not only understand what the person is writing but also trying to understand where they're coming from and what their purpose is in writing yeah. and um, into well, the so but so this book talks about uh, how Wall Street's uh, involved supported in Hitler and Hitler. the Bolshevik Re Revolution both that both that Hitler was an, an agent wow. to set out to destroy Germany and 
the Bolshevik Revolution, again, that Stalin was an agent. So instead of going back in time to shoot Hitler, what I should have done is go back in time and shut down Wall Street. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the thing is that I didn't put them on here because I had to put an end to it somewhere. But yeah. Wall Street, you know, really to go back to look at what's going on in Wall Street, you have to go back 100 years ago. And I'm kind of starting off with the simple stuff close the late 1800s. It was late 1800s. Yeah. And it was just before the United States, um, the Supreme Court made corporations giving the rights of natural persons just before oh, 14th Amendment. Yes. Just before um, the Federal Reserve was started. And it was part, the, the United States was becoming heavily industrialized and massive amounts of capital were flowing into North America for the, um, and the merchant bankers and mercantile bankers, the Civil War had been fought over whether the United States had become industrial, an industrial um, empire, or whether it would be like the rest of the Western Hemisphere, basically a colony. Yeah. And the North won and it became industrial, and so this money from Europe poured into North America and heavily industrialized, and the North American, the American co government was set up to be a safe harbor for these corporations. And Wall Street and the Central Bank and the income tax and all of that was set up so that the um, the big central banks of Europe would control the assets of North America. Just as now, they've moved that asset to Asia and they're pulling their money out of North America. And right now, it's like 85% of the money on Wall Street is owned by pension funds and government agencies and, and mutual funds because the big banks <laughs> have pulled their money. That's what happened in the 90s. Why we yeah. were so prosperous in the 90s was because for a brief period of time, the corporate gains was dropped down to like 5%. And the trillions and trillions of dollars that those central banks had invested in North America in the 20th century got pulled out and taken to Asia. And the, the small a percentage of taxes they paid on those trillions of dollars financed the, f the, the high living of the 90s. Yeah. And now they've pulled out and most of the money and Wall Street is now owned by people, the, the cities, the, the teacher unions, the pension funds, ordinary people own yeah. most of Wall Street now. It's kind of like we were high on drugs back in the 90s, and just like anyone who's uh, high, on, high drugs, on drugs, well, I know, <laughs> but when you get that withdrawal, we're feeling real big, bad withdrawal pains right now as from uh, that investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the uh, money got the money. It wasn't our money. Uh, we didn't bring the money in, and we can't stop it from going. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a hundred years, the United States was the beneficiary of that money, and now it's moved on. Yeah. It's funny how that money just seems to materialize out of nowhere. Like yeah. it's uh, just magically appears and then disappears again. <laughs> yeah. So, but to really have an understanding on that, you have to, like I say, go back a hundred years. This is much older yeah. than just. But I'm. Tonight I'm just kind of talking about the books that have come out in the last 30 years because it's easier for people to get a handle on because when you no. go back earlier, you don't have the first-hand exposés because it wasn't as blatant. It was much more yeah. in the drawing room, so it's much more insider. Carol Quigley yeah. is probably the closest one to give us a handle on what was going on yeah, back I've, in the I've, early I've days. I've uh, read a lot of interesting things about Lincoln, and uh, there's, uh, you know, he uh, did a lot to reform the banking here in America. Mm -hmm. uh, he changed uh, the banking system a lot, and there right. was rumor that uh, he wasn't just killed by the actor, but he was killed by people working for uh, the bankers in in uh, in Europe. Well, and, and also, replaced, uh, I, I, there's a book called This Plot to Assassinate Lincoln, and he makes a good case that he was killed by agents for the Vatican. Oh, yeah, really? 
well, yeah. so who's right? <laughs> I know that that's that's maybe what I'm both. saying. You know that that's <laughs> maybe they're working. Well, together. they're di- well, they were different. The bankers in the Vatican are actually different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're so that, that would uh, be remarkably a different type of history if uh, the Vatican killed Lincoln or if uh, the the bankers of Geneva killed uh, Hitler. I don't want to name any names, but. Uh, Eight minutes left. Oh, oh boy. Going okay. Fast. Okay. Well, well <laughs> I do want to talk about Into the Buzzsaw, which is coming. We should come up next because that's a book written by Christine Borgeson, who talked about what happened to the journalists who tried to write these stories. Oh, and yes. Then, do tell. Yeah, and then and I'm, I just I just want to bring it up as one to read. And then Matrix Three by Val Valerian is um, another example of someone who um, has pulled together, he's a, a researcher, so now we're starting to move into researchers and people trying to make sense of the bigger thing, the bigger issue. On the Take, yeah. um, From Petty Crooks to Presidents, was written in the 70s, and that's about Seattle, corruption in Seattle. He's a sociology professor who moved to Seattle, and he looked at corruption here, and then, expo- and then it, um, expanded it to include you know, the whole criminal enterprise all the way corruption in seattle i'm shocked yeah why i i i I can't believe there's corruption in this town i can't believe it and i'm going to skip white out well and i'll just mention white out which is cia drugs the press and again how the whole story about and just yet another book there are many books written about the cia drugs and corruption and then i want to kind of move into um when we start really start talking about conspiracy theories, and David Icke is the f- name who I think first uh, comes yes, up. Ah, yes, the, so I, um, the uh, David Icke. He's yeah. A, I put uh, a couple of his books on here. I don't oh, that's know good. There's one, The Biggest Secret. That's the first one, and he starts talking about the reptilian agenda. And ah, aliens, yeah. And he's uh, he's saying that the people who are ruling us aren't really even humans. Well, and um, uh, he's got a lot of inf- information there that says this whole thing goes back thousands of years, and. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I talked about reptilians on my show last week, and, and uh, there was a and the uh, reptilians. There was elections throughout the multiverse last year, and reptilians were winning in many races, um, uh, and many many uh, other universes with identical Earths. And uh, one thing the reptilians were running on was the eating humans platform. They wanted to have the right to eat humans. They considered it uh, a limitation on their right to eat good food if they couldn't eat humans. Well, uh, anyway, never mind. Uh, Let's go ahead and focus back on on what we're talking about here. Okay. Reptilians run things and they eat people. Yeah. So, and the other author that I wanted to mention who does a lot of conspiracy theory, and now we're talking real theory, is Jim Mars. And he, again, is another researcher that, um, uh, yeah, the nice rise of the Fourth Reich. <laughs> it is nice to have a Fourth Reich. Uh, uh, nice to have a, an audience. And I don't remember which other books I've got up there. I've got The Rise of the Fourth Reich. Um, uh, I don't know which other, Jim. Oh, Rule by Secrecy, that's right. And... Um, then the other, I also want to talk about the transformation of America, which is a book written about. Um, uh, Kathy O'Brien was a mind control victim. Yeah. And again, this is I I didn't put this in the first group. I think it's a hard one for people to, to start off with. Yeah, well, well, I think you need to, to be a little bit more familiar with the material before you read. To have stuff. to say yes, my mind has been controlled by the government. It's more I'm, than I'm it's okay mo- with it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, sh- it's not the government. It's it's hard to say the government. You know, it's hard to yeah. say how much of these. It's more like the government is an agency of these people. Yeah. You know, and and these so, well, the government is a front for the 
Or it's one of the handles that they use. Secret government, one yeah. Of the, it's like they, they handle the press and they handle the religions and, and they handle the universities and they handle agent, the, the corporations and the government's just another finger on the hand. They are busy people. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, Ken Thomas wrote Octopus and also Secret and Suppressed. Ke Octopus is a story of Danny Castellero, another reporter who was writing on stuff in the 70s who um, was killed. He, he was working on Inslaw and um, they said he slit his wrist down to the bones. Yeah. <laughs> was, he, was, he, was, he was suicided. And um, World Order is used to small and is a very hard book to get, but again, it's talking about the insiders and, and the, big, the big picture of, uh, of high, you know, more like what we're talking about now, of who's actually, uh, to what purpose, to what end? What's wrong with having a world government? You know, um, you know it'd be okay if we had good people running the government that were honest and decent folks and try to do what was good for everybody. And you know, I mean, well, the problem with see what happens with government. The purpose of government is to extract booty and slaves from the conquered peoples. And we would mm, never, if the, yeah. if the, if if I Hanford, tradition. <laughs> if Hanford were a responsibility of Olympia, they wouldn't have put it in in Washington. Yeah. You need to have somebody in Washington D.C. To put something like Hanford in Washington, yeah. so in order, people willingly won't destroy their own environment. So you need to externally impose the, the destruction of their environment, the destruction of their water, the clear cutting of their forests, the leveling of their mountains, the destruction of their of, of their farmland needs to be imposed from outside. And the problem with the world government is that the kind of ev ecological devastation that's being planned yeah. is unheard of, and even national governments won't handle it. No, and it's a, it's it's a god awful. Uh, and the kind of controls they need to put on the population to keep us from fighting back is horrendous. Yeah, well, it kind of makes uh, the human race sort of like a bunch of cattle, and uh, we're herded into our separate pens, and uh, we're told to hate the other cattle over in that other pen. <laughs> well, the question in my mind is: Are we cattle or are we sheep? Sheep get shorn, cattle get slaughtered. Mm, well, I don't know. I kind of uh, have to be partial to lamb meat myself. I think it's really delicious. <laughs> I know. No offense to are, the sheep. Most sheep are shorn. They're not. They're not. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. They supply yeah. good old wonderful wool, and yeah. cattle supply yeah. leather, Cameras. and that's more of a permanent shearing than. Well, and 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 but the, I think the I think the analogy is quite apt, though. I mean, we are yeah. obviously um, assets, somebody's inventory. Yeah, I know. I, well, I haven't. Um, they they start skinning us alive. I'll yeah, and, and the, the, the question is whether knowing this stuff makes a difference. And I think it does in the sense that what difference does it make whether the sun revolves around the earth or the earth revolves around the sun? It still appears in the morning in the east. It, it does, but it's nice to know what the truth is. And, and, and that's the point, is I think as yeah. human beings, we need to know what the truth is, and we need to understand... The, how we are manipulated, how our reality is being manipulated. And it doesn't matter whether it's our social reality yeah. or our personal reality as far as personal ascension and our personal powers, um, what we're capable of doing following spirit, to understand how that's being thwarted culturally as well as, uh, you know, personally. Exactly. You know, I, I, I personally, uh, all humans are, are basically born with the intent of s willfulness, self-desire, the desire to make our own way, to make our own plans, to control our own environment. And in order to get us to go against our own internal training takes yeah. a lot of what you'd say mind control or 
or uh, distraction. Right. Uh, distraction is uh, the, the key weapon that is being used against us. Now, we're starting to run out of time. How much so, time do uh, we have left? Yeah, uh, do we have any more? Okay. Uh, well, basically, <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> it for the time. As usual, uh, Miss Bartley, you have uh, given us plenty of information to fill up an entire hour. Very I can't fast believe we quickly. talked for an hour. I know. It goes pretty quickly <laughs> when you're here. <laughs> uh, I've had longer interviews, <laughs> believe me. Uh, well, now, folks, this is the the uh, end. I hope that you had plenty to think about right now. There's uh, a lot to be considered uh, in the world out there, and a good place to look for some good information is the Metaphysical Library. I know. You, you'd think that... Uh, Turning on the news would solve that problem, but no, it will not. Do not trust your news. Go to the Metaphysical Library. I think you'll find better information there. Now, that's all we have for this week at the Multiversal News. Um, although I did want to point out that uh, in a, another alternate universe, um, Lee Harvey Walls, Oswald killed... Uh, 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 did not kill Kennedy. He uh, killed uh, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby was actually the assailant of John F. Kennedy, and it was uh, uh, Oswald killed him because, uh, well, he was he thought that John F. Kennedy was a great commie, and he was mad that he was was shot in cold and in, in cold blood. Anyway, that's it for the multiversal news this week. Thank you, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful week. And uh, if your government takes over your house and gives you mind control pills, just remember. Just breathe through it, okay? And just wait, and uh, when you're alone, you can live to tell your tale. All right, thank you very much, folks. See you next week.